And we are live. Welcome back to Checkpoint, brought to you by Strictly Casual, your number one show, rounding up all the hottest gaming news stories of the week and discussing all the relevant topics you need to know about. I'm one of your hosts, James Walmer, with my new do, baby. New do for New York. But let's 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 put put the camera away from me. Okay. <laughs> I'm here with one of the best co-hosts in the industry, Ryder Maldonado. Wow. Ryder, how are you doing today? I, what what is your the, the spiciest the spiciest tamale in the gaming industry. <laughs> the got little the spiciest meatball, Vincent DeSantis, and we got the spiciest tamale, uh, <laughs> yeah. The little chicken enchilada, you know, like being wrapped up in a blanket <laughs> and just ready to. <laughs> That's you, chicken yeah. enchilada, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great, dude. Thanks for having me up. I appreciate. It. I mean, audio listeners, I will say, you guys need to hop on over to YouTube and check out the video because James is looking extra fresh with the new do. You're missing out. Hey, they'll see me on the clip. <laughs> they'll see. They, hey, yeah, they'll, 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 they'll see. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. You know. Yeah, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, Good. rest in peace to Vincent. He didn't die, but this is rest his first ever checkpoint episode that he has missed on his 126 episode long streak. We absolutely <sighs> hate to see it. Mm. Vincent, our heart, our hearts go out to you. Um. Shout out to our audio listeners. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash casual. Please hit us with a rating on audio platforms and subscribe. It helps us out a lot. Uh, what else is going on, on the channel? We got Gamescom clips. That was this week. That was Tuesday. Um, we put up so much content for it. Uh, what do we got? We got Sonic Frontiers gameplay reaction. Dead Island 2. We got Gotham Knights. We got Atlas Fall and new games. We got Destiny 2 Lightfall trailer. Open World Dune game. Ryder, what was your favorite trailer that we reacted to on Man, the channel? I will say there were some that that there was this one I think it was called Stranded that I'm really anticipating. It looked like it looked like a base builder. I remember when we were watching, you guys were like, "Oh, Ryder, this is for you" because it looked like a space game, uh, stranded on a planet. And it looked like you can kind of survive, build your little base. But there was a lot of other fun stuff. Callisto Protocol seems very exciting. I know that's much oh, yeah. sooner than some of the the farther announcements, so definitely anticipating mm -hmm. that. But yeah, it was a fun day. Pretty lots of silly, silly times we had. You, you guys can check out the videos. A lot of yeah. jokes. It was a good time. What a about, lot of jokes. What, a lot are of you, laughs. what are you looking forward to? Oh man, I think uh, I'm really interested interested to see what Atlas Fallen is going to be like. But I keep going back to Destiny Two. I don't know what it is about this game. Here's the thing. I keep every time they release something cool. Vincent hypes it up. He's like, James, this is, this is the one. This is the one you got to join us for. Yes. And I and I get all hyped. And I'm like, okay, this is the one. This is the one. And then I I turn on the game. I download it. I turn on the game. The massive, like, 80 gigabyte download. Yeah. And I get in the game. And I'm like, oh, this is a lot. I just get super overwhelmed. There's, like, 20,000 notifications that the game hits me with. To, I need to go around and talk to, like, 17 different people. <laughs> pick up all these quests and i have this long ass quest log yeah and i'm like i don't know where to start mm -hmm. it's telling me to start here but i'm not high enough level i need to go and do all these things first that i haven't done from previous dlcs that somehow like made its way into this one i don't know what's going on um but you. Yeah. yeah it's a <laughs> it's a lot it's, it's a live service it's a live service game so naturally it's a lot and it like wants to really be and i've said, said this a lot on the show it wants to be the only game you play and i'm just not ready for that kind of commitment yet okay i'm young <laughs> I'm, I'm a young buck in my 20s and i'm not ready to settle down like that yeah, you tell i'm sorry destiny it's not you it's it's me i'm sorry i can't it's not you it's me <laughs> <laughs> 
I totally know um, what you mean. Ryder, how are you? How are you doing? What are you playing? Doing great. Uh, lately, I've been playing. Uh, you know, I've been enjoying the PS5. I'm enjoying the space it has. Mm. I had Red Dead 2 downloaded for a long time, and I couldn't download a lot of other games, so I took. I made the hard decision. I deleted that, and I downloaded like wow. four or five more games now. So, getting wow. through Detroit: Become Human one last time. Yeah. And then I'm gonna delete it forever, and then enjoy kind of some newer stuff, and uh, open up space for games like. Gotham Knights, Callisto Protocol, like we we're talking about, and maybe Saints mm -hmm. Row. Maybe we'll see, but that's, well, dude, yeah, hey, I don't know. <laughs> we're gonna be talking about that in a minute. Oh yeah, true. Uh, what are you playing? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, this week I have played absolutely nothing. I beat Metroid Dread last week. Nice. Um, maybe that was earlier this week, mm -hmm. but I beat Metroid Dread. Great ending. Really, really great game, Ryder. If you need want an excuse to pick up your Switch, <gasps> play get Metroid Dread. Nice. I think it's like. I don't know how familiar you are with Metroidvania type games, um, like things like Hollow Knight, things like, you know, a little bit, yeah. as mm -hmm. the name would imply. Okay. Um, I really enjoy them. One of my favorite genres for sure, even though there is some frustrating game design mm -hmm. um, that I've experienced with them. But I beat that great, great ending. And I jumped into, an like, I have nothing on my Switch. I jumped into Animal Crossing for a little bit. I played Ooh. the Kirby demo because the Kirby Forgotten Land and I, because I just had it on mm -hmm. my Switch and I just had never touched it. So I said, fuck it. Like, I'm not playing anything else. I don't have my console. So I'll just, I'll just jump into this real quick. And I play like 10 minutes and it's so easy. Like, it's a cute game. It's fun, but it's just way too easy. It's a cakewalk. Every enemy dies in like one hit. <laughs> um, but like, it was, it was fun and it was quirky and it was charming. But I'm like, this is just, and I was on hard mode. I was or the harder mode out of the two. I wasn't mm -hmm. on the easy mode, so I was like, ah, I, I can't do this. Oh yeah, yeah, I feel that. Well, that's cool. That's, that's fun it. stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, you want to get into jump, <laughs> first, yeah, first story. let's jump right into it. Speaking of Saints Row, uh, we got a review roundup for you. Uh, we got the review embargo. Did it release yet, Ryder, or is this just review embargo going up? No, I, th I think, yeah, it released already about a couple days ago when we were talking about it, right? Uh, that's There was a lot right. of reviews coming out from, uh, like, Kind of Funny and some other, like, Game Informer and... Mm -hmm. Not Game Informer, my bad. Uh, Gamer Angst and stuff like that. So I think Embargo lifted. Yeah. Okay, Embargo lifted and... It's time. <laughs> it's, I think it's released. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, the game's released, yep. All right, so we got Game Informer gave it an 8.5. IGN gave it a 6. GameSpot gave it a 6. Video Games 24-7 gave it a 3 out of 5. Hardcore Gamer gave it a 3 out of 5. Kind of Funny, 2 out of 5. Video Games Chronicle, 2 out of 5. And Ryder, take this last one. Uh, I, I believe Video Games Chronicle, another probably reporter, uh, mm -hmm. Jordan Midler, gives it a 4 out of 10, uh, says our overwhelming takeaway after finishing Saints Row was how badly the open-world genre needs Grand Theft Auto 6. That's a wild statement. Uh, how the genre is so past the point of relevance that it needs to flag it needs the flag bearer for the open world action game to once again provide the roadmap forward. Wow, that's I I, yeah. I I gotta say that's a lot of expectations for already Grand Theft Auto. I mean, we've experienced this before with Cyberpunk, kind of like a a game that will save all, you know. And I think I mean the hype for Grand Theft Auto Six is already so beyond I'm, anything. So, <laughs> yeah, I I agree with you that Grand Theft Auto Six has wildly huge expectations. Even like regardless of well, I think yeah, that's a that's a very big pedestal to put it on, and I think mm -hmm. Grand Theft Auto is rightfully on that pedestal in many ways as sort of like an epitome of open world game design, like mm -hmm. and detail game design. Like Rockstar absolutely crushes building big open worlds with a lot to do 
in them. Yeah, we've um, seen them succeed twice now, and I think that they could play safe. Right. Well, not safe, but they know what they're doing with it when it comes to decisions to not maybe be as crazy because they could say, this is a lot of work for us. Maybe we don't have that much time. Like, we succeeded with GTA well, Five and Red Dead. But. Yeah, but the issue with GTA Six right now that I have trouble mm -hmm. giving this platform to Grand mm -hmm. Theft Auto Six in this moment is Grand Theft Auto Six's development team is not what it used to be. It's not the same team that made Grand Theft Auto Five. They've had one of the co leads leave. They've had people leave. Like they've gone for cash grabs. Like remember the Grand Theft Auto collection? I forgot the name of the oh yeah the collection, but of like mm -hmm. Vice City and Grand Theft Auto Three. Like those games like did not turn out well like the Ooh. remaster or the re-releases of those titles were super broken super buggy um didn't do a ton to rework the games so i i don't know i have trouble putting grand theft auto on that six but in talking about saints row get back to saints row it's got mm -hmm. an open critic of 65 and a metacritic of only 67 67 is actually a little higher than yeah. what i expected me too for this game but um it's it's just a dated game like everyone i yeah. have heard is like it's boring like the game design is just so outdated it's like there's it's not fun anymore it's what used to feel like this open exploration thing it's just so silly and so um i don't know just dead it's kind of soulless yeah. i feel like i've mm -hmm. heard a lot of people say that it's just not good technically it's has a lot of game breaking bugs, a lot of T posing NPCs. Oh, no, not the um, T It's just not. It's just not polished. Even yeah. even though the game play design is flawed itself, like it's not just that. It's also there's it's latent with technical issues too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think we've seen it. We've seen a lot like with Assassin's Creed, kind of the same, just spam random side missions here and there. So I, that sort of thing, it's, mm -hmm. it's you know, the formula for me is kind of like, yeah, it's simple. I don't expect much from it. So that's why I was so, you know, in the beginning, like, hey, maybe I'll check it out. Maybe I'll get it despite the negativity because, like, that's all I ever expect from some, something like this. Like, I wouldn't expect them to go wild unless an, an exception is like Red Dead 2 where it seems like that is a more lived-in game, right? And that's something that's, like, the yep. exception. But, yeah, I mean, hey, ex I mean, it's more, it's better than what I thought it would be. So, mm -hmm. I can't expect anything else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, from some of these, it's worse than I thought initially. Like, okay. video, like kind of funny giving it a, th a two oh. out of five. That's yeah. bad. That's bad. Yeah, I listened to I, that I mean, Blessing and, and I think Janet, right? Oh, they, you did. They didn't, they didn't have fun with it at all. They were like, this is not wow. fun. They had to, like, stop it and start. They said that. I was like, I started wow. a different one because I did not have fun with it. I was like, oh, no. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wild stuff. Wild um, stuff. Okay, if we want to move on now, uh, we got yeah. this is exciting. Bungie is launching on the Epic Game Store. We heard this announcement uh, during kind of the Destiny 2 announcement day, as well as um, Gamescom the same day. Bungie is launching Destiny 2 on the Epic Game Store. Um, as of today, it's already been a day. It's out now. You can check out the DLCs are free, right? And they also have, uh, I think, the 30th anniversary pack is free for you to get for the week. Well. So definitely check that out if you, if you want to hop in. Now's the time. The announcement was made during the afternoon's Destiny 2 showcase, which gave an in-depth look at the new season, as well as further details on the ultimate premium expansion, the final conclusion, Lightfall. And the collaboration between Bungie and Epic will also see Destiny cosmetics appear in games like Fortnite and Fall Guys. So that's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. I like the collaboration there. We saw Fortnite, uh, some clips on Twitter where we were sending each other like, 
they, they're getting wild with it. Like the battle bus is now in Destiny, and then um yeah like Luke well, it's, it's just like a nod like it's it's a, a reskin of some of the buses in the environment are just made to look like the battle bus mm, okay okay cool um bungie also announced that it will no longer be sunsetting premium dlc from today historically de the developer has removed paid content from the game after a period of time uh justin truman the general manager of destiny 2 says we want the destiny universe to grow and we're going to continue to do everything we can behind the scenes to keep that possible within our game engine which I, I respect because I, I don't know if you've looked. I, I have a lot of games in my Xbox storage, and that is the yeah. biggest game still. I think like 115. Yeah. It's crazy, but I respect them for keeping all that content, but I don't know how it handles it. I mean, it's it. going to get even bigger. <laughs> yeah. It's going to get even bigger. And I really have trouble trying to figure out how they're going to do that in a way that respects players' hard drives. Mm -hmm. Um in yeah. addition to <laughs> keeping all the content within the game and i read a i read an opinion article on polygon about um about live service games not giving enough credit or respecting the players who have been long term invested mm -hmm. in their games um, and destiny was one of them and he talked about sunsetting equipment and sunsetting yeah. content and it, how it doesn't really respect people have been there from the the from the jump people have mm -hmm. been there for the long longest period of time and um i'm even even though they're saying this is a good direction for them to say we're not going to be sunsetting dlc we're not going to be sunsetting armor weapons equipment like they've said before it's not an indicator that they can't do it again yeah for whatever reason maybe they can still go back and say hey this storage is getting too big we're gonna minimize stuff right offload some of the content mm -hmm. so it's it's like how do you maintain that balance <laughs> yeah. um and is that still possible in the in the current build of the game mm -hmm. i i mean i've been i've been long time saying like okay, let's just get destiny 3 over here destiny 2 is so old mm -hmm. i know they updated the engine i know they you know did all this stuff to bring it up to date but I, I still can't help but think we just need a, a third oh, game, oh right? My God. Oh. <laughs> I think we just need a new overhaul. Yeah. Um, I, and we, I think we just need a blank slate. Absolutely. I was watching the stream. I watched the whole stream, and, I, and it was crazy because they said Destiny 2 is not going anywhere for a long time, even after Lightfall, that they want to continue mm -hmm. on for years. So I imagine it's kind of like a GTA 5 where they keep adding more, more like maybe smaller DLCs, smaller packs for content every once in a while. But it, yeah, it is wild when it's like, you're still in the second game, I get it, but a third game, kind of a refresh, or maybe after this is coming sooner rather than later. We'll see. Maybe that mm -hmm. is the plan, and they're just kind of throwing it off the, you know, trying to throw us off. But yeah, I don't know. It's hard for me to say. I don't think they have. No, yeah, a lot no of plans. concrete plans for Destiny Three. Mm -hmm. Maybe they do. Who knows? No, no. Uh, but I am hopeful for the future of this game especially with lightfall yeah they got a lot of content planned i'm really curious to see how they're going to manage it but in regards to it launching on the epic game store this is great getting new players a lot of um mm -hmm. a lot of more content to them that it should be noted that so they're they're making it so that lightfall is still paid but just at all the previous expansions are free yeah but lightfall is you're still gonna have to pay for yeah i think it's like just 40 clear, or 50 because i'm uh, maybe 30 how much is let's see uh, you can, can pre-order right now yeah let's see lightfall uh dlc destiny 2 shut the fuck let's up. see <laughs> price Which i, I want to say okay 49 dollars yeah so that's 
I think God, that's, that's without so the game. Steep. I think it's I think it's okay. more with the game. Hey. Um the Witch Queen season expansion. Okay, so Lightfall, it's a hundred dollars with the season pass bundle. Oh yeah, with the four I think that's four, which should be for the whole year. That'll be like all twenty twenty three. Just crazy. That's in like, that <laughs> is wild. that is too expensive. You gotta play opinion. that whole time if you're gonna buy that, you know. You gotta play that whole time <laughs> and it's that's so expensive because you could buy when there are games that are seventy dollars now, which mm-hmm. even is like I mean wild, it's justifiable yeah. for current industry and economy yeah. and stuff like that. But it's this is a yearly thing. It's you know, Witch Queen with the season pass was eighty dollars. You're buying essentially <laughs> a new game every time. Yeah. And to go back to like what I was talking about earlier, I think it's just a lot to ask when you aren't updating these core systems of the game and yeah. you have issues with sunsetting and respecting players who do put their time and it's hard to ask it's a big ask mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that we'll say players. for that they want to overhaul like for new players like when you hop in it's kind of like where do i start kind of the problem you had is like there's i'm overwhelmed where do i start they're going to have a new chapter system where it's like you can do one little mission on each planet to kind of give you what's what's uh like a nightfall i believe they call it what's what's a strike what's multiplayer what's this it's kind of like a a story system in that so i'm kind of excited for that it seems like it'll be more organized for you not just kind of See, i think grown but but destiny puts in a lot of effort towards their new players and i think that like shifts their focus and leaves the old players in the dust okay especially yeah. with things like because this is what was the issue with sunsetting weapons mm-hmm. for destiny before they you know restored uh they took sunsetting the weapons out mm-hmm. but they a lot of these players who had like old weapons that like they worked on they worked really hard to get they sunset them and say oh this isn't gonna be this isn't gonna work it doesn't respect the time that they put in mm-hmm. right so it's catering to old, new players like hey you still have a chance to jump in but the guys in the back who have been playing for years are like okay what the hell i worked so hard <laughs> yeah to get this armor to get this weapon and you're saying it's not viable anymore yeah so it's it's like maintaining that balance that is really really crucial yeah and, and probably tough to do too. <laughs> yeah, yeah really tough to do um all right right here um is it. there anything we need to go over in terms of logistics before we get into the clip no we're we're good it's, it's already rolling and um yeah, we'll get it after cool. you're re- whenever you're ready. <laughs> Next up, Sony is raising the price of the PlayStation 5. This comes from Polygon, among many other sources on the on the web. Jim Ryan said today, Thursday, in a blog post that the company will increase the retail price of the PlayStation 5 in Canada, Mexico, Europe, the UK, Australia, Japan, and China, but not in the United States. In a blog post, uh, Sony blog post, by the way, that's what's the blog post ryan said that the culprit is challenging economic conditions citing high global inflation and adverse currency trends for example the european euro their currency has dropped to one u.s dollar um ryan still hopes to meet product demand despite these uh price hikes uh but the whole list of prices are available on the playstation log if you like playstation blog if you'd like to look at them but to name a few in Europe, both models get 50 euro increases. Um, and in the UK, both models get 30 pound price increases. Um, Ryder, what is your initial reaction to this? 
I mean, it, it it's tough because on the one hand, you got to understand from the company on why they're doing it, right? I think they were like, you know, the economy is in a wild place, you know, post-COVID, even mm -hmm. still now trying to recuperate and trying to get that money back. But also I think about the consumer and how there are so many people that are still uh, struggling to get the, right. the next generation of con the hardware, right. right? There's a lot of, we just we just reacted to Gamescom, right? Announcing new games and, and we're talking about uh, new services coming to PlayStation that a lot of people still can't enjoy even more so now because of this the price increase that it's already tough to do the 500 and the 400 dollars right. version so i understand right. that yes you have to get that money back but I, like where's the line like i i saw somebody post it'd be wild if like xbox comes out and like drops uh hey we're lowering the price for xbox but <laughs> but I, I still think playstation yeah. it's wild and i don't know what are your thoughts i don't know i i saw a tweet the other day and it said like from someone who had been fighting to get a PlayStation 5 and they just got now got one now after fighting for like two years to try and get one. Like they're still having trouble meeting demand. And this is just an even higher barrier of entry for people who might not have already were like struggling to get the means who are gamers, but maybe they're gaming on a budget and they just really want to make that jump to the next gen. Mm -hmm. And now that it's just that much harder to get their hands on a console but what i'm like i'm really curious and i'm not an economist so i don't know that this specifically works for the u.s but i'm really curious to see why the company increase why the retail price is jumping in canada mexico europe etc but not the united states yeah in the united states it's not getting a price increase i wonder if that has does that have anything to do with demand in the united mm -hmm. states maybe accessibility the, maybe right. Sony, right maybe accessibility maybe sony has been better about reaching demand in the u.s so they don't feel the need to increase the yeah. price but even then that seems counterintuitive why would you increase the price in places that have harder time yeah up with demand absolutely yeah you know so yeah i i'm just not sure i'm curious if this is really necessary um i know that if, if we put this in the context of the sales of the PlayStation 5, the PlayStation 5 has been being sold at a loss because the hardware is just that expensive, mm -hmm. um, especially with the chip shortage and things like that and paying extra money to get things um, shipped overseas and things like that, especially because of, you know, even supply chain issues with COVID. It's a lot. And... Um, they were selling it at a loss and then it became profitable shortly after release. And so I, uh, is this just to keep it within that margin of at a loss enough to where they can justify making it, it'll offset the cost by, you know, by volume of sales. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just, I'm just not sure. Yeah. No, I'm just yeah, not I'm sure if you, this yeah. is going to make that much of a difference for them. Um, especially because I like, I think, I don't know. I think the chip shortage is starting to, um, ease up, starting to be a little bit easier, um, on tech companies. So, uh, I'm just not sure. I would love to know what, uh, what you guys think in the comments. Absolutely. Um, yeah, well, there you have it. What else? Yeah, though that that's it for me. It's a lot of business stuff, so I'm sure okay. it's 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 hard to to get into. You know, we we talk about the technology and we talk about how the the the, the economy is changing with the with the money in different countries. But I'm sure we'll be we'll keep up with it and we'll see kind of what's the update because you know usually prices drop. So maybe maybe it changes soon. But either way, 
you know, that's it for us. Let us know what you think in the comments below. Be sure to subscribe. And uh, if you're checking out this clip, you can check out the entire podcast on YouTube if you become a member. Uh, also, you can listen to the podcast for free on audio platforms that'll be linked down below. But stay tuned for more coverage on this and more on the channel. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Good stuff. Good stuff. Lots. Of, yeah, that, that, that's a hard one. It's, it's hard to get into that because it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff as to why. Right. <laughs> I was struggling a little bit. I was like, oh, that's, that's tough. I don't know. I'm like, oh, I know. I, I, um, I thought about this. Time. I was like, oh, maybe I should have picked a different clip in which you were more like felt more comfortable. Oh, no, oh, it's okay. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, I don't I mean, I love talking about it. I think it's very important. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people care uh -huh. about it. You know, like it's I was I was like. Man, I, I was I struggled just to get the PS5, so I wonder how a lot of other people are feeling about it. So it's definitely mm -hmm. a huge thing that should be talked about. The mm -hmm. underdog thing. <laughs> um, okay, moving on here. We have uh Phil Spencer from Xbox. See some progress coming toward an Activision deal. There's a lot of good stuff. I'm sure you guys know a lot more about this because you all are keeping up with it. Um from my initial surface level knowledge of this, I still know that this is kind of a step in the right direction. So we'll get in I'll get into the first kind of paragraph here, and then you got some of the next ones and we'll Talk about it. Okay, okay, here we go. Phil Spencer, the CEO, of course, of, of gaming at Xbox, uh, <laughs> said he's encouraged by the progress made in discussions with regulators examining the software giant's almost $70 billion, $70 billion acquisition of Activision. He says, I've never done a $70, $70 billion deal, so I don't know what my confidence means, Spencer says. I will say the discussions we've, we've been having uh, seem positive. This, of course, comes from Bloomberg. Uh, in regards to unions... With some Activision employees forming a union, Microsoft said in June that it will work with labor groups when presented with a specific union proposal. Spencer noted that he's never had that experience before, but thought it important to make such a statement. Quote, I've never run an organization that has unions in it, but what I can say in working through this is we recognize workers' needs to feel safe and heard and compensated fairly in order to do great work. We definitely see a need to support the workers and the outcomes they want to have, unquote. So in regards to, I, so I've been like on the channel, kind of the most outspoken, like advocate of mm -hmm. uh, worker unions. And I think this is a really good step in the right direction. Um, I would like the, I would, I, I am the type to want these workers to unionize because it gives them more power in that space. It gives them more of a mm -hmm. voice. It gives them more autonomy um, so that if, they need to if they're if they have bad working conditions if they're like abused or um anything like that they have another support system outside of the company that can come in and advocate for them on their behalf and sometimes you see things like union fees and mm -hmm. uh like we belong to a union so like a portion of your paycheck can go to your union workers oh, nice. or to yeah. your union organization but in my opinion, it's worth the offset in order just to give yourself more power in that space, especially mm -hmm. in a creative industry in which um, you're, what you're doing is art. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's really important to me. Um, I but um, I also think it's really good to see a CEO saying, or sorry, mm -hmm. chief, yeah, yeah, chief executive yeah. officer, mm -hmm. CEO. Sorry, I was just making sure I got yeah. that right. Mm -hmm. CEO. Um, saying like yeah we need to put our workers first, first. we need mm -hmm. to allow them to feel safe and heard and compensated fairly um and i hope this just isn't good pr from phil spencer normally he seems to back up his statements yeah, yeah. pretty well um so 
I, I hope this is really promising and I hope they, they're able to work out agreements. And I hope they Phil Spencer forms actually a good relationship with these, uh, with these labor unions mm-hmm. that are becoming more and more prominent through labor industry uh, to remind the listeners. This is so Activision employees forming a union that's mainly in Raven quality assurance testers um, okay. unionizing. Yeah. But if I don't know if there's others in mm-hmm. addition to that, but that's what yeah. I think of when I hear about Activision employees forming a union. Interesting. Yeah, I was just about to say about Phil Spencer. Like it happened back when what was the walkout or the strikes that were going on. Mm-hmm. That's when we with he first, Bobby Kodak. Yeah, yeah. That's when he first started talking about it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, you know, being vocal about this stuff, we've seen him talk about it a lot. So that's kind of cool. But um, game exclusivity. Now we can get into that. He also talks. Uh, he pledged to make Call of Duty available for the rival Sony PlayStation at least for some period of time, said the idea of games made exclusivity exclusively for one device is something we're just not, we're just going to see less and less of. Maybe happen, uh, you know, in your household to buy an Xbox and I buy a PlayStation and our kids want to play together. They play together and they can't because we bought the wrong piece of plastic to plug into our TV. Mm-hmm. Um, he also goes on about, we really love to be able to bring more players in reducing friction, making people feel safe and secure when they're playing, allowing them to find their friends, play with their friends, regardless of what device. And he also goes into talking about like technology on how, you know, like uh, computers now and TVs are able to, do, you know, X cloud, right? The cloud and all that stuff. So it, right. it's wild how times are changing, right? We used to see it all the time. Xbox versus PlayStation and console versus PC. And now it's like the, the big, the big heads of these companies are like, no, we're like, we're done with that. Like you see Phil Spencer mm-hmm. always complimenting. I mean, Naughty Dog and PlayStation and their exclusives. And yeah. it's, it's great. I think it's a step in the right direction because cross gen is the best thing that's happened to gaming. Cause I can't tell you how many times I want to enjoy a game on my PlayStation, but I tell my cousins to get it. You know, they, they were like, they're older. So they're like, no, I'm stuck to my Xbox, but we can still enjoy it. So I think it's, yeah, make everything accessible. Don't limit when it comes to video games and kind of what you can do. Limiting is not, we don't need the limits in this day and age, but yeah, I think, I think it comes from a lot of, sorry, did I cut you off? No, no, you're good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, This comes from, I've, I've heard it said before, saying like oh well in order for like if the playstation is going to be as good as the playstation is going to be and the xbox is going to be as good as the xbox is going to be like they need to have like they need to corner their respective markets Mm -hmm. and they need to have exclusivity they need to um they need to have consumers fight over you know which to get because then it's a sense of competition that will make it up yeah it keeps it up it'll keep better but Mm -hmm. i think like i honestly don't know how true that is and you know that this gets into a much bigger conversation about like does competition you know um uh breed innovation or whatever the saying is um yeah (laughs) but it's or uh but i i think it's this is the best way to get the most money to developers who are making the games we enjoy yeah, for the yeah. best way to support developers, if we want Naughty Dog, right? If we want um, Sony Santa Monica mm. to have the most resources to make the biggest and best games that we love the most, then doesn't it only make sense to allow them enough, as much rev- revenue as possible to support them? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, they have money that they get from Sony, um, but in terms of, of, of in terms of sales right that you're only going to increase sales by bringing your games to more platforms exactly yeah um 
and it's a bigger sense of community because you have more people experiencing the same games, the same stories. No, yeah, absolutely. I was gonna say it's it's, it's funny because this besides like video games, right? We're starting to slowly see maybe that competition is is becoming a, li- a little too less because uh, let's say like for example like a, a, an Uncharted or the God of War is exclusive to PlayStation. Besides a video game, I mean you can play it on the cloud. It doesn't matter what technology you have now. Almost it's almost getting to that time where you can have a PlayStation controller connected to your PC, and and vice versa. Well, not really vice versa, but you know what I mean. Like the technology is slowly becoming so blended that. And and the, these two companies are becoming so monopolized where they're buying like Xbox just acquired this company and PlayStation acquired this sure. company. Like there's only two, and, and if they start blending into like, hey, let's kind of go together with it's besides the video games, it's almost like okay, well, what's the incentive to buy your device or your device? It's kind of like there's mm-hmm. not there's not. I guess I guess that's yeah, the I direction. Think, yeah, I think um, it's so. With that being said, it might be worth talking about like different experiences per console right if yeah you know, what type of console is this whether like whether you're a game pass player mm-hmm. right and you like playing a lot of different games and you have your mainstay like multiplayer games that are cross-platform right but you also have like a lot of first-party games a lot of indie games maybe that's like maybe that's xbox's thing right is there mm-hmm. the game pass machine they want you to be able to jump into all these different games and have a lot of player freedom but sony you know as we know like i we talked about this earlier on the show way back when but it's like kind of like the the art house console mm-hmm. in which you have like a lot of single player like experiences a lot of stories and it's not like it's not as much the party console as it is like this is my it's almost in a certain way like a niche even though it's more it has more sales than the xbox series x it's technically more mainstream but Mm -hmm. there is a sense of like i want to play my story games i want to play my uncharted i want to play my uh i want to play my god of wars things like that Mm -hmm. thing i don't know it just might be a different preference maybe you just like the controller better yeah (laughs) maybe you just maybe you like the dual sense maybe you like the interface better i think it just comes down to like personal preference and i think the more we can bridge the gap between um playstation like i remember when I was in school, I went from Xbox 360 to PlayStation 4 mm-hmm. because hardware was better. Um, yeah, and yeah. I like severed like a lot of connections with friends. Like it was a whole <laughs> no, yeah, I so know that. Middle like middle schoolers uh-huh. are like, oh man, you're like you're leaving us behind. Like what are you doing? PlayStation. And I was like, no. Like, no, I feel like I feel like no, I feel like I gotta get the PlayStation. Like it's the better console, mm-hmm. you know, and um. Dude, that I was, was just my preference, and I so a, like I think the the less that that happens, mm-hmm. the less that we have to kind of like draw these lines of division between our player bases, yeah. the better. Mm-hmm. I was one of those kids where I saw. Do you remember? Uh, it was an E three show, and they were announcing the Connect, and it was that little girl with the pet, and she was like hanging around mm-hmm. with her little pet, and petting it. That was, I was, that blew my mind, dude. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm going to get the because I remember I was I was like off the high of the Wii, right? Everybody had the Wii and we we're all playing. Everyone it. had the Wii. It had the thin plastic sensor and those two those two things. So when they were like, yo, we're doing that, but you don't have to have the remotes. I was like, this is the right. future. I really thought I was like, this That's is what it. everyone thought. This is the future. And then and then they were like, you can plug in your cable to it. It can you can run your TV off it. And I'm like, wow, that lasted all of like one month probably for me. And then I was like. I don't even watch TV, <laughs> so it yeah, came obsolete. Yeah. But 
I respect them because they were trying to. Like, I think they called it the Xbox One because it was like an all-in-one device, right, for TV and gaming yeah. and stuff. So how funny how times mm-hmm. change. Like, ser- live services are the thing now, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. All right. Moving on. Now we have okay. Everywhere, a new multi-world game from GTA pro- producer Leslie Benzies. Gamescom 2022 opened up with the reveal of Everywhere, a new game that we react to. You guys can check out the full show for mm-hmm. our reaction on that. Grand Theft Auto producer Leslie Benzies is working on this. We want the community to build this. Uh, we want it to be the, their world. We want them to tell their stories in our game. Benzies said before sharing a trailer that seemed to show off two very different games. Um, yeah, we were like, is this the metaverse, right? This was like, it's everywhere, everything all at once. <laughs> kind of went into that. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yes, you made that, that, good that was joke. that game. Um, yeah. At first, we see an experience that looks similar to Fortnite. There are multiple characters shooting, jumping, driving across different biomes. Obvious metaverse-like social component built into gameplay. Uh, just a lot of wild stuff. I don't know if you want to finish the article, get into your thoughts. I mean, what does this mean for us? No. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, the, the initial thought, because it looks very metaverse is does this have NFTs? Because yeah. uh, like NFTs play a big role in the multiverse, uh, or at least the multiverses yeah. that we've seen and been you mm-hmm. know made aware of. Uh, this comes from Kotaku. Co- company says no company says no uh Les- i don't know whether it was leslie leslie benzies herself but um the vagueness has been worrying to fans who are used to non-answers from nft studios some twitter users pointed out that build a rocket boy was hiring for a developer on the quote blockchain team unquote the job posting specifically called for a triple a game development experience as well as experience with implementing implementing blockchain contracts according to the studio the job search is a research position but they haven't stated that everywhere will never have blockchain or pay to earn elements either. So they say no, but they also say, <laughs> well, not right now. <laughs> not right now. We're working on it. <laughs> not right now. We're going to figure we'll, it out. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, they don't know. Um, everywhere. They, what they said, this was coming out next year in 2023. And I am like, I'm kind of skeptical for this game right now. I don't yeah. know. It's a multi-world game. What is that going to look like? I think Fortnite, in a lot of ways, is doing a lot of things that would be mm-hmm. in this alley in regards to like creator tools and allowing people to just do a bunch of random stuff in sandboxes mm-hmm. and uh, giving players tools to create their own world and create their own experiences from the ground up. Uh, Ryder, what do you think? I think it's crazy because, like, if they start going to, like, VR, like, pushing that stuff, it's like, then what What does it come to hardware, right? Like, a lot of people have accessibility to that. Well, or well this if isn't... If they do that, I know it's not going to They haven't talked about VR. Okay, so what I think Metaverse... You know, please correct me if I'm wrong because I don't know. Metaverse is, like, putting on... A head, not, I know that this game... Not necessarily. It's not, it's not, oh, okay, so it's just kind of like a hub, not right? Hopping into something that's yeah. a hub. Okay, okay, well yes. then, yeah. So... Well then, if it's like that, like you say with Fortnite, well then maybe maybe it can work out. But yeah, this this feels like even off the bat, it feels like something that the hype will be there maybe initially. But I, I do see it kind of dying off because of I guess incentive to play, right? Like it seems like it's one of those a bad taste in your mouth I, yeah. thinking about it. I don't know. I I don't, I don't know. know. It reminds me when I saw it initially, I thought this is Second World or Second Life, which was like an <laughs> okay. old kind of like VR chat type of game where like oh, you yeah. play yeah. and you just have like you have your avatar and you just like wow. talk to people yeah. and there's like a lot of like weird online like relationships and things like that a lot of stuff like that it was just one of those weird like it's hard to push people to try new stuff like that 
No, yeah. it, well, it's just it's old though. So well, I'm worried yeah. it's like not. I'm worried it's outdated game design. Yeah. <laughs> um, or maybe I'm just worried there's not enough there. Yeah. Okay. To yeah. Keep mm -hmm. Players entice like it's a, a whole new it's a whole new thing and we have no idea what their actual aim is like what what do we want the players to actually do it says they want the players to tell their stories in the game but there's i don't know there's already games for that i feel mm -hmm. like yeah and they're trying to fill a market that i feel like is already successfully filled with like um vr chat and and, and other like open world kind of right creator creature like roblox yeah and... yeah it's a big one you know yep. like that's the huge one we want it to be their world that says interesting i i yeah tell their stories i don't know i think it, it's hard it's hard to get people to try try stuff like that we'll see we'll see what happens it could yeah. blow up right know. it could be a surprise it could it could it could um, be really insane and have a huge following like or it could be like Fortnite, where the first few months we're playing we're like oh this is fun but you know like i'm not gonna play this full time a fan base and then stays, yeah. boom after like a year or two comes back everyone's playing everywhere everything all at once <laughs> yeah actually i'm with you um yeah i mean yeah. more on that soon i've i, I want to keep up with it i'll try my best to whenever you guys are posting on it, it's stuff interesting stuff okay well do you yeah. want to move on now to... yeah we're gonna move on to rumor watch baby grain of salt this is our rumor dun, dun, segment dun. of the podcast where we talk about things that could be happening but you gotta take it with a grain of salt yeah <laughs> there's a rumor of a playstation showcase next week is that next week i'm gonna um, say like two weeks i'm gonna say two weeks because what, i'm what's here the in date? september 8th oh september 8th september yeah that'll be two 8th. weeks That's two weeks week. from today as a recording but stay tuned playstation would put out something four to five days before the event this is a major grain of salt this comes from gamerant.com among others this leak surfaced three days ago on august 22nd from known insider nick baker Baker also suggested that the date could be moved, which would run contrary to the usual pattern of the usual September PlayStation showcase. The rumored date from several sources is September 8th, with the Disney and Marvel games showcase the day after at wow. the 9th. What makes this most likely is simply the past pattern of consistently having PlayStation showcases in September. Um, <laughs> but it's... Um, that, I, I guess the because it would be the day before Disney and Marvel Games showcase mm -hmm. the ninth. That's I think that would be why Nick Baker would point to a uh, a moved date, maybe to give it some distance, some breathing room between mm -hmm. that showcase and the PlayStation showcase. Especially if they show off any of their Marvel properties, exclusivity, um, right? It, they they might. It right they want to make it cohesive they don't want to show off either the same stuff that disney might show or maybe they want to show it before the disney stuff or maybe they want to show it after mm -hmm. um i don't know what that would be like but yeah i wonder Ryder, what, do you have any thoughts i wonder what the hierarchy of power is <laughs> i'm quoting dc uh the rock i wonder what the hierarchy of power oh. is when it comes to disney or playstation like for a game like spider-man 2 right because there's rumors of like a yeah. spider-man 2 trailer um, does Disney have to say to be like, hey, we want to save that for our own thing? Or is PlayStation like, I don't know. no, let's keep, you know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's the interesting well, part. Does, Disney definitely has more money. Yeah. So probably them. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they kind of like, like I said with, um, what was it? I don't think it was games. I think it was, uh, yeah. So with Disney, the expo happening, D23, the PlayStation showcase, if it happens, could be like a, an initial tease, right? Or like a CG type trailer. But then they, maybe you dive more into like stay tuned expo like hop into the showcase this Friday to see more or you know something like that maybe they... yeah 
Yeah, exactly. Like it could a, be like little one, two, you get introduced here, followed up on over there. Yeah, they, they always push people. Or right? vice versa. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's going to be All fun. Right. I mean, either way, it's Disney Marvel games and PlayStation. Ooh, this could be a lot of good stuff. Maybe with. Could be a lot of good stuff. Maybe with. So, everybody, crazy. take oh. that with a grain of salt. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, next up, we got random fun stuff. Stories without a story. Ryder, is this your favorite part of the show? Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff here. I mean, it's some exciting stuff. Here we go. I guess we'll start off. Uh, Kojima podcast is happening. <laughs> That's great. We put yep. LMAO. Yep. Uh, we got the DualSense Edge announced at Gamescom. It's like yep. a pro controller. Lots of buttons. Lots of paddles. Edging. Lots of, lots of that. You know, can't wait. Yes. I'm, I'm going to buy it for sure. 100%. <laughs> yep. Um, From Software has restored the online features to Dark Souls 3 on PC. And they're working on it, restoring the online features of the PC versions of both Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 2. Ooh. Love to see it. Mm -hmm. Resident Evil Village for PlayStation VR 2 will be playable at Tokyo Game Show 2022 at the Capcom booth. Oh, that's gonna, that'll be horrifying. It's going to be really cool. Literally that's terrifying. Really cool. PlayStation's rumored to get a tur um, tournament feature on the PS5. You sent this. I mean, this, this looks yeah. exciting if it does, because... The possibilities so cool. with different games like i wonder what the like i wonder what the access is right is it just exclusive games or is it to everything you just kind of make a setting that'd be fun though right um going i want to go back to the place mm -hmm. here too real quick just because we should be seeing some impressions um of playstation vr 2 right around that same time oh because it's great. you know first kind of widely consumer mm -hmm. Or journalism's getting their journalists getting their hands on the hardware. Oh yeah! Wow, that'd be yeah, that'd be fun. Ooh. And lastly, a space for the Unbound is delayed until further notice. Wah, wah, I don't wah. remember what that game was, but if you remember, it's it's delayed. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. Oh well. No, I'm just kidding. Oh well. Oh well. Uh -oh. We'll see. Uh oh. Uh. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Fun episode. Thanks for having me on, James. Appreciate it. Of course. Fun time. Yeah. Uh, anytime love having you on Ryder, guys you can watch the whole podcast on video if you want to see our faces for a whole <laughs> what is it 40 minutes 50 minutes hour um what do we got Ryder? um wait you want me to close out you can what's our time stamp? oh we're at no, 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 what's our time stamp? all right uh we're at 46 minutes not too bad 46 minutes nice yeah. and tight yeah nice and you want to see our faces for the whole 46 minutes you can become a member for how much a month Ryder? Two dollars a month. Two dollars. <laughs> Two dollars yeah. a month. Uh, but this has been a great show. A lot of stuff. Real of dense. Business, real man. tightly packed. A lot of business. We're a bunch of businessmen business out yeah. here. I got a new haircut, and I'm a businessman. New York Stock um, Exchange. I'm no. a new. I'm a New York. <laughs> we move fast in the PlayStation city. PlayStation stonks. No. PlayStation stonks. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for watching. Watching. We will see you in the next one. Have a great rest of your day. Bye, everyone.